Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is producer Scott. Yeah. Scott, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. Mike is on the way, everyone. Don't worry. He will be here any minute. We wanted to start so you didn't have to sit around and wait for us, all three of you that are watching. I was going to say, when I asked you how you're doing, I was kind of expecting an answer of, like, increasingly irritated, uh, but no, it's fine. Yeah, Mike uh, Mike finishing up some Saturday night duties related to SI. He should be here momentarily, but figured we'd go ahead and get this started. We've waited long enough. We've got the people waiting. Um, so shout out to the people watching on YouTube right now live. Uh, it is right at midnight on the East Coast. We have just finished up a wonderful day of college football. We have nine ACC games to recap. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Scott. Did you get a chance to get some eyes on these games today? I watched a little bit. The most game I watched was actually UNC Pitt this, tonight. Um, I watched a little bit of my Hokies, uh, Tragically Blues. I caught a little bit of Florida State Clemson today. It was was doing was doing you know husband things today, not mm-hmm. not watching football. But uh, yeah, got to see a decent amount of the games. I think you guys will have a good discussion. Mm-hmm. There were some decent ones out there. There were some blowouts. So yeah, I tried to watch what I could. And this is, you know, unfortunately a day that just had, yeah, like you said, it's not, not, not at this point, it's not really like husband stuff. It's more dad stuff. But um, yeah, we had a lot going on around the house today and uh, did not, did not get to sit on my couch and just like watch football uh, as much as I typically like to, um, but was, you know, definitely monitoring scores and trying to keep an eye on what was going on throughout. So I feel like we got a, a pretty decent pulse here for what happened uh, as in the weekend that was. And I'll call it the weekend because not only was it Saturday, but even last night, Friday, uh, the NC State-Virginia game, I, I didn't get a ton of eyes on, but again, was monitoring and able to kind of keep up with. So looking forward to recapping these as we go. Uh, Scott, where, yes, where do you think we should start? What should we uh, talk about first? Should we, uh, first of all, remind the people to subscribe on youtube and like 100% 100% if you're watching right now and you're not subscribed hit the subscribe button please mm-hmm. uh we see our our analytics on youtube we've got on average about 400 people that are returning to view our videos we only have 210ish subscribers so please mm-hmm. hit the subscribe button hit the like button if you're also already subscribed boost those numbers up you know who you are and we do appreciate the support for the people that are doing it and that are subscribed and do hit the like button and do hit the bell. We, we really appreciate that. Um, that, that helps us a lot uh, as it relates to, you know, getting, getting new viewers and adding to our community here on, uh, on YouTube, especially. So again, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast, go on there, hit the subscribe button. And, and if you're not joining us right now, you're listening to this later. Um, feel free, you know, come on, join us Saturday nights. If you want to stay up late and, and talk about this, we got a lot of a good community going in the comments, folks wanting to talk about these games uh, right as they've ended. And, you know, tomorrow's Sunday, like we're not going to work tomorrow. Like just, you know, just stay up a little bit late and then sleep in and come hang out with us. Correct. Correct. Um, where do we want to start? Do you just want to start Friday night with the Cavaliers? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Well, you know, better than uh, there's no place that's better to start Friday night. Uh, NC State 24, Virginia 21. Brendan Armstrong's return to Charlottesville. And we, we said on the preview that the story out of this game, I felt like was going to be Brendan Armstrong's return to Charlottesville, either being, you know, he's going to either look like a Heisman candidate or it's not going to look very good at all. I, I would say it was maybe a little bit somewhere in the middle but a little bit more on the side of 
not uh, you know, not not particularly great. Uh, Brandon Armstrong, fifteen to thirty, one eighty, two touchdowns, one interception. He did lead the team with sixty four rushing yards. But again, this NC State offense continues to kind of struggle, fits and starts. I mean, it is not a consistent finished product right now. Um, this game was uh, NC State had the lead. I think they led basically the whole game. Um, they ne- never trailed, I guess, put it that way. Uh, Virginia goes down, scores a touchdown with about a, about 30 seconds left to tie the game at 21. Looks like we're going to go to overtime. NC State goes five plays, works it down the field. They set themselves up for a 47-yard field goal. The kick is up. It is blocked. And it looks like we're going to overtime. And then you realize that Virginia, the, the guy that blocked the kick for Virginia did the whole uh, jump the snapper thing in one of the most like egregiously obvious breaking of the rules situations. It was one of the easiest, most obvious 15-yard personal foul penalties that you're going to see. So NC State gets another shot right down the middle. And uh, good night, Jim Kite. Uh, NC State wins 24-21. to 21. So, uh, I, you know, good win for the Wolfpack, but – at this point, I mean, they're three and one, and four weeks into the year, that offense still working on gelling. I I definitely have my questions about NC State. It's a team that I think I picked top four in the ACC in the preseason. Like, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about that at this point. Yeah, Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is your show, so I'm glad to be filling in for you. Hey, um, a <laughs> little bit of a uh, little bit of a busy night with sports illustrated as you guys can imagine and then uh we're we're in the middle of a tropical storm and my dog decided it was time to go just stand in the middle of the yard uh so you're looking a little soggy is everything okay everything's fine i'm putting my socks back on currently so that's what i'm doing alex Cigar hot take nc state is the worst three-win team in the country interesting nc state nc state sucks (laughs) <laughs> oh, all right <laughs> also a hot take go mike go no they're not any good i i've seen enough this i've seen enough i don't think this brand armstrong robert and i thing i think we overrated that a little bit i think there's pro- i think yeah I, i'm kind of coming around on that as well yeah. um and i think the thing that was pointed out it might have been even like stanford steve or someone who pointed out like you know, when this thing really worked really, really well in Charlottesville there a couple of years ago, look back at the list of receivers that he was throwing to and compare it to what, you know, he's throwing to now. This is this has not been a step up in terms of receiving core and, and options to throw to for Brandon Armstrong. No, and it's a lateral move with the offensive line. I almost think that's a – first of all, your point's well taken on the receiving core. Uh, I totally agree with that. But I think the offensive line being as poor as it is – is just even further of an indictment, right? Like, I think that that's also playing a pretty substantial role. Virginia's offensive line got him killed last year, and it's kind of turning out to be something a little bit similar at NC State. And I just don't think this is going quite as well as Wolfpack fans were hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I, the one thing I will say here is, like, I'm not sure that NC State was the better team in this game, right? Like, Calandria had NC State in hell for mm-hmm. a lot of this game. 
And I think NC State's defense is okay. But I think anytime they go up against a team that runs the ball, like even just okay in spurts, they're in a lot of trouble. And Calandria caused a lot of issues for NC State outside of the pocket in this game. Mm -hmm. And it's not lost on me that NC State really hasn't won a lot of like meaningful games in the trenches. Like they had that game against Notre Dame where they just got bludgeoned up front on both sides of the ball. UVA was trying to do a little bit of that in this game. It wasn't always successful, but I wasn't always coming away from like a drive in this game thinking that NC State had everything figured out up front on either side of the ball. So that's kind of my takeaway with NC State here. I think Brian Armstrong is fine, but I just don't think this this offense is going to... Cl- I, again, a lot of football left. We still got one more week left in September. There's still time to figure this out. But, you know, we're coming up. We're, we're a third of the way through the season here. And NC State's offense is not very good. And it's just mm-hmm. not very good. And they're going to have to play some more teams on the schedule where they're going to have to score some points to win these football games. I'm just not sure how many points they're going to be scoring this season. They have played three FBS opponents so far, UConn, Notre Dame, and Virginia, and they have scored exactly 24 points in each game. Yeah. Which, if, if my math is correct, I believe that is an average of roughly 24 points per game. That so. is. That is. That's that's good math, and that's also not very good, by the way. <laughs> it's not good enough. Um, no. Certainly not what you're expecting. Again, as we said, you know, kind of the, co- the combination of – Robert and I and the transfer in of, of Brandon Armstrong, the thought was like, oh, this thing's going to take off like a rocket. And uh, it has decidedly not. It has been, again, just kind of inconsistent. And there's been moments, but it's, you know, it, it's not a well-oiled, well-oiled machine at all, to no. say the least. No, definitely not. So I come away from this game feeling okay about Virginia which is mm-hmm. kind of funny because I think Virginia fans are Virginia's very out. awesome. Yeah. Virginia, Virginia fans, I think are very out on Virginia, which in some ways I understand because the Tony Elliott thing has been a disaster so far. I get it. But also I think the last couple weeks, I think they found a little bit of something. The quarterback with Calandria hasn't always been pretty, but there's a lot of potential there. And I think that leaves you feeling pretty good about things if you're a Virginia fan, knowing that this is kind of this was a season where Virginia was never even slated to be any good. I think everybody pretty much expected them to be maybe three, four wins tops. Mm-hmm. This was never going to be a bowl year for Virginia. So I think just finding a quarterback is a step in the right direction. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think the stat that I heard, I think I want to say it was Bud Elliott on cover three who brought up, I believe Calandria was something like 80th nationally in like passing attempts and like fourth nationally in passing attempts of more than 20 yards. Like, yeah, I, I, we've said it before. This guy is like the best and worst parts of a freshman all at at the same time. My guy does not care. He is not afraid of anything. Every throw is open. He has as much time as he needs to throw it. When he throws it, he's usually hucking that thing down the field and something exciting is going to happen. So 
what I'm saying is if you haven't yet watched a Virginia game with Anthony Calandria at quarterback, do yourself a favor and turn on the Cavs because stuff happens when they have the ball. And sometimes it's good for Virginia. Other times it's not. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's fun and entertaining at the very least. They're at least entertaining, which mm-hmm. is a step in the right direction. I would say compared mm-hmm. to a year ago, it was, a, it was so bad last year. And I'm not saying Calandria is better than Brian Armstrong. Cause I don't believe that, but this offense has a pulse right now that it didn't necessarily have a lot of last year. Mm-hmm. So I understand it's 21 points. I don't want to overemphasize the fact that Virginia's offense is, you know, anything less than far from a finished product, but I do think they have something at quarterback. Yep. Agreed. And like you said, uh, it's, it's it's not like it's particularly good, but I feel like I'm I'm seeing a little bit of something there, like something's building, and um, it's it's a little bit better than it was. So I'll, I'll give that credit to Virginia there for sure. Um, it's it's improved. Um, there was also a quote, Mike, and I got to go find this real quick. There was a quote from Dave Doran after this game. Mm-hmm. Um, First of all, there's a little bit of a theme this week, I think, in college football of uh, coaches cutting wrestling promos, and it's fantastic. I, I am I'm here for it. <laughs> I was going to just slide this in. It's it's a bad night to be somebody in your mid 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, they, they're given plenty of content for the uh, the the writers to yeah. to go with too. Yeah, right. Ryan Day just was trying to go into a South Bend nursing home and beat <laughs> the shit out of Lou Holtz. I was I was so confused. I had to listen back to that like four times. Like, first of all, who? Like, what did he say? He's like, oh, Lou Holtz. Like, did Lou Holtz say something? What on earth? Did, I, I guess I must have missed something. Yeah, it wasn't too off base. I mean, Lou Holt said that when Ryan Day teams lose, it's because they're not tough enough in the trenches, which checks notes is correct. <laughs> like, I mean, tough but mean, fair. You mean Lou Holtz told the truth? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so the, the, the quote from Dave Doran after the game on Friday night said, and I'm just going to go through this whole thing because it's it's a really kind of a goldmine of a quote. What we did tonight, a bunch of guys had to play because of injuries. The second play of the game, Boykin goes down. All week in practice, Cecil Powell was our backup strong safety. Cecil went in and got hurt, so both strong safeties are hurt in the first quarter. Bishop Fitzgerald moves from free safety to strong safety. He didn't take a rep in practice all week at that position. That's what we were dealing with. Those are the things that were going on that you guys don't understand. We played really well under the circumstances of what we had. Davon Betty wasn't at practice all week because him and his fiance had a baby. <laughs> congratulations uh so he missed all the practices this week beautiful baby girl (laughs) but that's going on so this is real there's real life stuff happening on this team on offense we lost a running back on the second to last day of the week and then we got out there and all of a sudden Raphael gets hurt those things are real and people want to bitch at play calling in this and that and the other there's other stuff going on man we found a way to win on the road against an inspired football team shit be happy we won it's a good win I'm excited to go home three and one and get ready to play Louisville I've, you know what? I'm glad Dave Doran mentioned all that because he reminded me that NC State is the only team in the country dealing with injuries That's and right. everything else. They're the only team in the country dealing with stuff. Yeah. So I, that was a good reminder. I'm glad he mentioned that. 
I, I am, for one, personally really impressed that they scored 24 points on offense playing a backup strong safety uh, on defense and – uh, you know, dealing with the birth of a child of a, I think a linebacker or something. So yeah. yeah. Hey, good on you, NC state. Good job. Yeah. yeah. The whole birth of the child of a linebacker <laughs> explains their blocking woes up front on offense. So, <laughs> Mazel some, tov. Yeah. That's something that's been a theme now for four weeks, but yes, mm-hmm. uh, agree on all that. Sorry about the injuries and congrats to your linebacker birthing a child with his fiance. Good for them. Best of luck. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you'll sleep more now that you have the child. I can, t- I can. Uh... Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, at least he'll, <laughs> at least he'll be going to practice while rested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, NC State twenty four, Virginia twenty one. Mike, where to? Florida State thirty one, Clemson twenty four in overtime. I'm real. I'm real pissed about this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was gonna. Say, I, I texted you guys when this game was over. Um, when I locked up Florida State minus the two and a half, this is exactly how I pictured this game going: was uh, Florida yeah. State basically never leading and then uh, coming back and winning in overtime. That's that's why I locked it up, as I knew this is how it was going to go. Yeah, and stealing it at the end, never lead. Yeah, like you mentioned, never leading. Uh, Clemson never trailing in regulation, mm-hmm. and then uh, finding a way to lose. I mean. This is real. This is real easy for me. I bet Clemson money line, and I was on the right side of that bet today, and I got totally screwed. So that's why, why? I want to talk about this. I got. Who totally did you sc- get screwed by? I got screwed by Garrett Riley. Is who I got and screwed by. You got screwed. Oh yeah. I, I, Buck stops with Dabo, but yes, Garrett. I got screwed Garrett by Riley Garrett did Riley. his part. Yeah. Yeah, I got screwed by Garrett Riley. Now Garrett Riley called a really good game for most of it. Uh, Clemson looked good. I mean, <laughs> this is the second straight week that Florida State got outplayed. I don't. Kate Klubnik looked good. Clay, Kate Klubnik looked real good. And I'm just taking a step back. I know Florida State looked. Florida State had, you know, an absence on the offensive line. They're missing a couple guys on defense. Florida State is not the fourth best team in the country. I'm staking my flag not right there. Now not. not now. I Do I think they could make a college football playoff? Sure. Do I think they'll be a threat to win a national championship? Absolutely not. That's now mm-hmm. the counterpoint is the, the counterpoint to that at this point, right? Four weeks into the season is okay. If not Florida State, then who, who is the team that's like standing out as the best team in the country? Which totally fair, right? I get it. Uh, Washington just scored 45 points in the first half against Cal. They're on pace for 90 points tonight against a Pac 12 opponent, uh, ACC opponent. Sorry. The, uh, the Seminoles right. look have looked just okay the last two weeks. They, they are skirting by, obviously, they, they played a bit better today. Clemson's a better team than Boston College. They skirted by a better team today. But the, this is two consecutive weeks Florida State's been outplayed. I think they got some issues. They, they've had some issues defensively. Offensively, they're struggling. Your clunkers. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I am just... I don't want to mistake this for for me thinking good, that Florida good State's teams win, good. great teams cover. I mean, Florida State did both. I mean, technically, mm. Mm. <laughs> I I think I 
this might be a take. This might be a little bit of a take. I think Florida State's got some fraud in them. There's a little, a little, a little whiff of fraud in the air. Mm. This is two. This is two straight weeks, man. Like Florida State should not have won this game today. They're very fortunate they came out of this game with a win. They're pretty fortunate they came out of last week's game with a win against Boston College. They kind of, again, we talked about this earlier in the week. BC had some, you know, fumble luck and a lot of bounces go their way. But Florida State also did their part to give that game away last week. They're they're kind of fortunate that Boston College wasn't just like even a little bit better. Clemson, I was really impressed with. Klubnik was real good. Uh, I thought the mix of run and pass in this game was real good. Clemson kept Florida State off balance for most of this game offensively. I thought Clemson made Florida State real uncomfortable. Uh, Jordan Travis was running for his life, and he made some big-time throws. Big-time mm-hmm. throws in the second half and overtime. The, the throw to Keon Coleman to give Florida State the lead and eventually to win was one of his best throws of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis made some big-time plays when he needed to, but he was not comfortable back in the pocket. Clemson was winning the line of scrimmage for a good portion of this game. There was, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, it felt like Jordan Travis was trying to like get rid of the ball really quick on slower developing, like deep down the field kind of patterns, which like just, just doesn't work. Like it, just, it takes a while for stuff to develop and he didn't have the little bit of time that he needed. Like it was, he had defenders in his lap immediately. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and then really what it boils down to here is Clemson was the better team, I would say, for what do you want to call it? 50, I want to call it like 56 minutes. Am I giving them too much credit? 57 minutes? I, I'm 58 trying to, even. 58 I mean, it was like, minutes. it was like, yeah, it was like the final two minutes of the fourth quarter that like Clemson basically was in position to kick a, a game winning field goal. And then got cute and messed around. And I, it was all, I don't know. It, everything made total sense up until then. It was like, oh, Clemson's about to kick a field goal and win the game. And then stuff started happening. Like, Yeah, Clemson was Clemson was throwing the ball like late in regulation when they were in field goal range. They should have just been running it. They, they kick a 29-yard field goal with a kicker they essentially brought in off the street earlier this week, a kicker that was on the roster last year as a backup. And then Clemson decided to start a freshman this year. They benched the freshman and bring the former backup kicker back who was taking online classes in Charleston, South Carolina, before starting a job in New York City next month. By the way, what? don't ever let anybody tell you that college football is not the best sport on earth like wait, wait what he's like yeah i uh, davos this week said yeah i think i got you know i think i got his his job mad at him like what what well Just, coach i'm taking online classes what? it's okay so is two-thirds of the team yeah it's a, a very what? weird situation here <laughs> so uh jonathan whites is the name of the kicker he missed a 29 yard chip shot with not a lot of time left. Uh, this game, it. right. Uh, this game ends up going to overtime. Clemson has already dicked around and done some weird offensive stuff at the end of regulation. They're now down 31 to 24 in overtime and tasked with like, what was it? Third and about a yard and a half. 
And well, and after, I mean, after the field goal attempt at the end of regulation, Florida State had the ball with, because of what Clemson dicked around on offense, Florida State got the ball with about a minute and worked it down and were kind of just on the edge of field goal range and couldn't quite get it there, you know, ended up going for it on fourth down, turned it over on downs. Didn't get it. Yep. Yeah. Um, Clemson yeah, got it, it back with some, Clemson got back with some time with like decent, like decent field, or... like decent field position. And couldn't decide, you know, if they were going to be able to line up. They, they got they got a decent pass off. They couldn't decide if they were going to be able to line up to spike it. And they couldn't yeah. get lined up. This game goes to overtime. Keon Coleman catches a 24-yard touchdown uh, reception. Uh, thanks to a great pass from Jordan Travis. Clemson gets the ball back now, down 31-24. It's third and about a yard. And it was clear to me that... Garrett Riley, the play he had called was a was an it was an RPO, right? Mm. Where it's one of those plays where Klubnik at the line of scrimmage could decide if he was going to have this. It wasn't like an RPO, like pre-snap, it was RPO, right? Where Klubnik had the option to throw it wide out to the outside if he wanted to, outside the hash marks. He decided to do that. He took the mm-hmm. snap and chucked it out to his left, and it didn't work out. They were stuffed short bring up a fourth and short and you see Dabo screaming at Cade Klubnik. So a lot of people were killing Garrett Riley, which in some ways I get because you presented Klubnik the opportunity to either, you know, have this be a called running play or throw it to the outside. But I don't think that last play was on Garrett Riley as much as it was on Cade Klubnik. It wasn't like Dabo was blowing up at Garrett Riley. He was blowing up at Cade Klubnick for making the decision to throw it outside the numbers. He said, we needed a yard. Like, that's what he was screaming at him. Just hand the ball off. Like, to Shipley. Mm -hmm. Just give it. Who who Shipley, by the way, uh, as Clemson advanced the ball, like, you know, you start at the 25-yard line. Clemson had already picked up a first down on this drive thanks to a 10-yard run by Will Shipley. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it's not Is he good? He's he's real good. Just hand him the ball. He's the most definitively good thing on the Clemson's offense. Like any, on any given week, like he's he's the best. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The whole thing was just just hand it off. You just need a yard, you know. And this is, I think, between that and I think you also saw at the end of regulation, Clemson gets a playoff. They they get the ball about to the fifty. They they were certainly in position to like throw a hail mary or something, try to have a shot, and. Cade Klubnik did not have the wherewithal to like go up and clock the ball. Yeah. So you, that, that was where you had the freshman, you know, not true freshman, I guess, you know, sophomore, whatever, but like the inexperienced quarterback thing of, he was like, well, you know what? You gotta have situational awareness, man. Like there, there, there's certain things that you do at certain points of the game that you don't do in others. And yeah, this is another example of dude, just hand it off. Yeah. Yeah. Just hand it off. And they didn't. And then the fourth down play just really wasn't even close. Like they ran up. It was a pass play out to the right side of the formation. It just didn't work out. Got tipped mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage and up like being basically being an overthrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that play just didn't work out. It was dead from the start. And Clemson loses. Uh, I was I was holding a Clemson money line ticket. I was sick. I mm-hmm. just couldn't believe it. Uh, Clemson just really screwing around at the end of regulation and having the opportunity they had to not only kick a field goal, but like go down and just score a touchdown and really put this thing out of reach. And they just couldn't do it. Uh, This is kind of a choke job by Clemson a little bit. A little bit. Yep. 
this is a choke job by Clemson. I thought they were the better team for most of this game. I think Florida State's really fortunate to come out with a win. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I think that, and I, I'm reading this Adam Parker comment, right? Cause I think it's a good one. It's, so this is one of those games where FSU is obviously not as good as we thought at this point, but also Clemson isn't as bad as we thought at the end of the day, this is the hardest test FSU has had. And I, I agree with all that, right? I think mm-hmm. there were some, there was definitely week one overreaction. You know, I think Florida state looks so good against LSU that, I think there was some overreaction there. And then Clemson looked so bad against Duke. I think there was a little bit of overreaction there, right? And Duke's hosting college game day next week. Notre Dame's coming to town. It's a huge game. Duke continues to roll. We'll talk about them in a bit. But, you know, Clemson has two losses now. And I still feel like they can get to Charlotte. (laughs) Like, I... I haven't seen enough. I mean, I guess Duke is the only other team really that I've seen in the rest of the ACC that I think really just has a legitimate opportunity to get to Charlotte. Uh, you know, there are other teams from a record standpoint who could get there right now, but on paper, I, I don't see any other team in the ACC right now pushing for that number two spot. Uh, I mean, maybe North Carolina, uh, but North Carolina looked a little shaky early tonight. I think they definitely have a couple losses in them. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think Clemson, you know, they, they lose that game at the start. Now they have one conference loss. I think they can definitely still sneak their way into Charlotte and mm-hmm. play for a conference title game and and perhaps give Florida State another run here in a few months. But yeah, I don't I don't really know what to make of, of Clemson at this point because I'm not sure this is the version of the offense we're going to see every single week either. Yeah. So I was say it, it seems like I will say that it seems like Clemson's offense is gelling a little bit better than it was week one. Um, new coordinator, young quarterback, like things take time. I get that. Um, but it does seem like I mean, the offense I saw today was definitely better than what I saw against Duke three weeks ago. And, and it was good um, last week. Too. It was good last week, too. But we didn't know what to really make of it against Florida Atlantic. You know, I was say, I'm not going to like try to act like I've watched a lot of the uh, Clemson Charleston Southern game or the uh, FAU game that Clemson played. But like I did see a couple of highlights where there were moments of like, Cade, what on God's green earth are you doing making that throw? Like remember that the Charleston Southern game was basically like, like a three point game at halftime, I think because Charleston Southern had two turnovers that they took back to like the one yard line. Klubnik threw one of the worst interceptions in the history of the program. Yeah. Yeah, and and is that I play for Clemson? We're playing against an FCS team. Who cares? Just try it, and whatever happens, like I don't know, maybe. But like after what you know, turning the ball over how many times against Duke, and then seeing that a week later, it's like, does this guy know what he's doing? Like, yeah, you know, there were definitely questions there. But again, I think yeah, we saw him in a couple games last year. I thought the way that he played today against Florida State was like. But far and away, the best I have seen Cade Klubnik play against like legit high end competition. Um, Agree. Can he do that week over week and keep that up? I think is is a big question moving forward. I, I, I'm shaking my head no because I think he's got a little bit of it. He's young still. He's young, mm-hmm. so I want to take that with I. I want you guys to take this next statement with a grain of salt. He's got a little something going on between the ears. Mm-hmm. Right. There are some moments in the game where the lights are brightest where 
he seems to be a little bit asleep at the switch, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, right? We saw that a couple times today. You know, the panicked throw out to the right on third and short, the clock management at the end of the game. Um, he had a play on the final drive in regulation setting up the game wing field goal on an RPO where he probably should have – I can't remember if he should have handed it off or should have kept it, but he made a bad read on RPO late in regulation. Some stuff that just can't happen – when you're playing a team of this caliber in a tight game late. Mm-hmm. And we saw kind of the clutch gene with, you know, some of the prior, you know, a couple of the prior quarterbacks that Clemson has had, which, you know, we're not asking Klubnik to be Deshaun Watson. We're not asking Klubnik to be Trevor Lawrence, but we are asking him to be a five-star prospect. You don't want him to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> On the field only. Uh, <laughs> okay. Definitely keep him out of Houston if uh, if you do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Because uh, you're there, Joey. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and there's a there's a couple of local establishments that got Deshaun into trouble, so uh, try to avoid that. That's true. They got uh, your can he, can your, he just your appointments. Better? Your appointments got rebooked and stuff. You know, you had to <laughs> move some stuff around. Can Kate Clubman just like be better than Kelly Bryant? Ooh. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a take. All, I think that's all yeah. we're asking here. <laughs> that's a take. And I, I, you know what? And on a down, on a down by down basis, are we sure he's been better than Kelly Bryant over his first handful of starts so far? No, God. No, God, please, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Clemson has games left at Syracuse, at Miami, home against ne- NC State. Next week at Syracuse. Yeah, by the mm-hmm. way, yeah, Syracuse next week. Yeah. In the uh, – it's the Carrier Dome. It's just – it's the Carrier Dome. Uh, J- uh, J- JMA Wireless Dome. Yeah. So they're doing that next week. And then they got at Miami, home against Notre Dame, home against North Carolina. What is their record in those four games? 3-1. Three, no? three probably, I'd say probably 3-1. and one. They're going to lose Notre Dame. They're, yep. uh, dude, based on what I saw tonight, I think Notre Dame is one of the four or five best teams in the country. That was Notre Dame looks good. Notre Dame looked good. Notre Dame looked real good. They, they and had Ohio some, State might have a big quarterback problem. Who knows? Like, uh, except for the final drive. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, he threw a pick six and the dude dropped it. He did. I Well, yes, he, <laughs> he did drop it. That was some Butterfinger energy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I mean Clemson's gonna lose. Clemson's gonna lose Notre Dame. I think I get it's in Death Valley, but that's not. Do they like lose at Syracuse, at Miami, or home against North Carolina? I kind of think they're gonna drop one of those games. Are we thinking this is gonna be eight and four, Clemson? I'm definitely thinking nine and three. I mean, at the very least, but I, yeah, I kind of lean like they're gonna drop one of these games at some point, and. I'm not so sure that Clemson's making it to Charlotte at this point. Well, it's, go- it's an uphill battle. They already have two conference losses. It's, yeah. it's September 24th. You tell me Louisville's not going to go seven and one in conference against their little patty cake schedule? Like, come on! Like, I mean, Clemson might well go eight and four at this point. Like, lose to Notre Dame and lose yeah. one more conference game, go five and three in conference. They're not going to Charlotte. No I mean that the, the they they got to win out. I mean the Notre Dame game notwithstanding, like they have to. Clemson has to win out now to make in it to conference Charlotte, play yeah. in conference play, right? So this could be four loss Clemson. It would be one That's of the best. On the it, table. It, would be, it would be one of the best four loss teams I've 
can remember. Especially I mean, you said they were going eight and four after they lost to Duke in week one. I did have you that did, take. You did give us that take, so I did. Yeah, I was traveling, and I said, "I can't wait." It's unfortunate I won't be able to get my Clemson's going eight and four takeoff. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're probably going to lose to Notre Dame, and then they're going to lose one of those three games. Man, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Anything that else? Duke, that Duke loss was a ki- I mean, that Duke loss ends up being an absolute killer. Because, I mean, this Florida State game was always 50-50. Mm-hmm. So that Duke game ends up being a killer. And then you kind of look at the state of the rest of the conference, and there are some teams on their schedule that I think could cause some issues. Like Clemson just got into a smash-mouth game with Florida State, a game that I've made clear tonight that I think Clemson should have won. I thought Clemson was the better team for most of it. But is Clemson going to want to play that same game against Syracuse next week? which seems like a really funny statement, but like Syracuse just wants to run downhill at you for 60 minutes. And Clemson is now just going to play that game at Syracuse. (laughs) You sure? I don't, I don't know how the ESPN matchup predictor works here, but it it gives each team a percent chance to win. Do you know what the uh, percent chance to win that the matchup predictor gives Clemson next week is? 41. Mike? Uh, 65. Scott is way closer. Really? Matchup predictor is 43.7% for Clemson right now. I don't know if that's updated for today's games, you know, or whatever, but like it's basically saying Syracuse should be favored next week against Clemson at home. I'm so interested to see the opening line. Okay, well, let's, I want let's, no part of picking that game. By the way, oh, okay, well, no, no, no. Let's let's play let's play this part out though. When the uh, when we get the opening lines tomorrow, who will be favored, Clemson or Syracuse? I'm checking Clemson. now, just in case it's out. I think it's got to be Clemson, especially we'll, we'll get to Syracuse here in a little bit. Um, Before today, it was nine and a half. Remember, I sent that to you guys. That's right, you did. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. That text. yeah. This is not a yeah, not a, not a ten point swing. What we saw from Clemson today, or especially from Syracuse today, like Syracuse won, didn't look outstanding. Like you know, they they turned it on in the second half. They were trailing at halftime to Army. Um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to say Syracuse is favored. I, I think Clemson is uh, maybe close to a touchdown. I would say. Yeah. But I have serious concerns of like, can you, can you get up for a road trip to Syracuse? Yeah, that's where I'm at. After this game, that's where I'm at. They should win. They should. But I don't of know. all the teams in the ACC that Clemson has historically struggled with, like somehow Syracuse always seems to give Clemson real, real issues. So. In any case, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, we can move on. We spent like 20 minutes on that game, but that, I was just real frustrated. I mean, that was the that. game of the day, and that was – that was it, it lived up to all the hype, I thought, personally. Yeah, I think so too. Florida State 31, Clemson 24 in overtime. Where to, Mike? Marshall 24, Virginia Tech 17. Virginia Tech is the worst team in the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great situation in Blacksburg right now. I, I got a couple. I just have a couple quick thoughts. Like I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna spend a lot of time on this. 
until Brent Pry gets like a real staff around him, like assistants that like the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, until he gets like guys in there who have actually coached in those roles at the power five level before being in Blacksburg, I am out on him as the coach. I'm now out on Brent Pry until he does some things with the, with the staff. I'm out. I think Virginia, there's a, there's a non-zero chance Virginia Tech goes one and 11. Lose out from here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, show who, me the wins. Who else are they going to be? College. Go, go look at the Boston schedule. College. Who are they going to be? Boston College sucks, but like Thomas Castellanos is going to cause Virginia Tech some issues. Uh, 100%. Yeah, assuming, assuming these quarterbacks are healthy, by the way, right? Castellanos is going to definitely cause some issues. And then you look at what UVA is doing, too. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, we're going to be playing a game in Charlottesville in November. And I don't think Virginia Tech's going to have the best quarterback on the field at that point in time. So I think Virginia Tech's going to win 11. Oh, I, well, I don't want to say 1 11. Maybe they go 2 and 10. But, like, there's a mm-hmm. non zero chance to go 1 11. And it's a lot higher now. <laughs> than it was like beginning of September, obviously. I, I mean, so. some of this has to be injury driven, right? Like this is, this is such yeah. a different tune than we were seeing a no. month ago. Like I think I said, Virginia Tech goes four and eight and I got I a couple sideways looks on this podcast of like, really? Like with this schedule, like they'll do better than that. And, but I mean, again, mobile, mobile top receiver have been injured. There's offensive line injuries. It's, it was not this bad of a situation to start the year, unless I'm missing something. The offensive line's terrible. You're right, Joey. But let's just look at it this way. Duke and Mike Elko were hired at the same time, was hired at the same time as Brent Pry. Mm-hmm. Duke. Who was Duke. horrific at the end of the Cutcliffe era. Yeah. And look what he did in a year and a half. This is why it's a problem. Valid point. You can you can turn thing. It doesn't have to be a multi year rebuild anymore. No. Like, it doesn't have to be. Well, let me let me let me couch this right. It doesn't have to be a multi year rebuild to be a bowl team anymore. Is it a multi year rebuild to like take a team that was once a national title contender and turn them into that once again? Yes, that probably takes multiple years. You can't just do that with a transfer. Bowl. This team isn't sniffing but, national title contender. No, 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 no. I'm talking like, no, no. Ever. Talking, no, no, no. Michael no. Vick ain't walking through that door. <laughs> I'm. My, my point is, in Virginia Tech situation, where all you got to do is turn this team into a six, seven, eight win team in your first year that's or two, not even enough it's not like, even enough so let me let me ask you this and uh, i i responded to this there was a in the from the rumble seat our slack room somebody said you know oh the the virginia tech guys on joey's podcast keep saying like you know he's probably not going to get fired this year he's not on the hot seat like that kind of he thing. won't this year they don't have he the money to year. do it they don't have the money and, and I and I agree with this. I don't I don't think he's on the hot seat. It's not a, a situation like that. But my my defense of Brent Pry has been that he has been very open that the strategy here is re redevelop these high school recruiting pipelines that Justin Fuente like absolutely salted the earth on, right? Like just mm-hmm. destroyed to to the max. 
Like, I, I think if Brent Pry was really interested in trying to make a bowl game, trying to, you know, compete to be in the upper half of the ACC immediately, they would be taking more transfers. They would be doing some things differently with roster management than they've been doing. I don't think he feels a sense of urgency to win right now. I think they are more trying to win long term. That's my assessment of this strategy and what they're trying to accomplish is let's build this thing slowly in a way that then will later turn into something that is more consistently profitable and successful. Is that, am I right to think that way? Is Are people seeing it that way? Or is you it just can, like, are you kidding you me? Know. It's like year two and we're just like a total train wreck. You can only sell hope for so long. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing I mentioned is that, right. Like at some point there's a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, you know, well, you can't get guys because you can't win games. He's, but you can't win games if you don't get guys. So like, and and Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech losing by multiple scores to Rutgers and losing and being down multiple scores against Marshall and essentially like making the final score look better than like how the game played out. This is not Virginia Tech is not so devoid of talent that they they should be going and losing to Rutgers by multiple scores, being down multiple scores in the fourth quarter against Marshall. The talent is not that bad on the roster. This is a coaching thing, right? Like, we can have an argument if Tech got into ACC play and lost to, like, Pittsburgh and lost to NC State and lost find to out Syracuse. And lo- yeah, find out this week, right? Lost to Duke. Like, Duke's on the schedule this year, but you get my point. Like, teams that have shown and Duke's an interesting example because they started their, you know, their coaching regime started at the same time, right? Like teams that are more well-rounded, if you want to have a conversation about, you know, tech losing to teams that have better built out depth in conference play. Yeah. Let's have a talent discussion, but Rutgers and Marshall are not very good. (laughs) And you just lost back to back games in pretty uninspiring fashion. And I think that's more on coaching than talent. And you can only sell hope for so long. Virginia Tech's won one Power 5 game in two years. It was last year in September against Boston College. They have not really come close to winning one since then, right? They, they beat Old Dominion in the opener. Uh, I guess you could say they, they semi-came close against Purdue. But Purdue pulled away in the second half, too. <laughs> last, year, last year, they choked away a couple games. NC choked State away comes NC to State. mind last year. Choked away NC State. But so far, Brent Pry Brent Pry's got four wins in a year and a half. His wins are Wofford, Old Dominion, Woo, Woo. Liberty, Woo, and Boston College. Woo. Those are the four wins. And Virginia Tech isn't so lacking in talent, especially this year, that they should be losing games like this and really just not even having a chance to win. Uh, Tech started out fast today. They got out to a hot start. They scored on the first drive of the game. Uh, they got Six a turnover. Six plays, 75 yards, three-minute drive, touchdown. Like, got an interception early in the game. They turned Marshall over. Scrapped then, well. Yeah, and I thought Kyron Drones played okay. Offensive line was really bad again. But, I mean, this is going to get real ugly. Like, Tex got pit in primetime on ACC Network at, at Lane Stadium <laughs> next Saturday. That's going to be a loss. They got Florida State and Tallahassee the week after. 
that's going to be a loss. You got Wake on the schedule. They got Syracuse on the schedule. They got NC State still. They got BC and Virginia. Like, look, if the bye week comes in two weeks, and if if there aren't major changes during that bye week, there, somebody needs to be fired. Somebody. I'm not saying Brent Pry needs to be fired, but. An offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, somebody. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This is resembling. They should not not be losing this many games. Like, Adam Parker is 100% in the chat. Like, he just said you could turn, with the portal, you could turn any team from three wins to a bowl team with the right coach. I agree with you. Which is all that we're saying. Let's look at Duke. Again, I said that off the top. Duke came in with Mike Elko with arguably less talent to begin with. I think he inherited a two and ten team or something like that. Correct. So he inherited a two and ten team who had already beaten Virginia Tech. That's besides the point. And turned them around into a nine win team last year, and they're rolling this year. And they might be a wagon. Like we don't know. Game day's going there for the first time. They could beat Notre Dame next week. We don't know. Like, might be a wagon. All I have to say is I'm really glad I have a family and a wife, and I don't have to suffer through this every Saturday, and it's, like, the only thing I have to do. Like, I have (laughs) other things to do. And six years ago, as a 23-year-old dude, 22-year-old dude, I probably wouldn't have said that, and they still suck then. But, God, they disgust me. Let's move on. Rashina Lee, uh... What was it? 27 carries for 174 yards and two scores for Marshall. One of, yeah, one of them was a six. So I just want to point this out real quick. One of them was like a 61-yard touchdown run, and I understand you can't just like erase one run. But just from a take a step back and think about how bad Virginia Tech's rushing defense has been, I thought Virginia Tech's rushing defense today actually kind of took a step forward. <laughs> I'm trying to look for like a small silver lining. They made life difficult for him for most of the game. So. I was pretty. I mean, that one touchdown was run ended up being a killer, but I was happy with how the defense looked at times, which is, I guess, is a step in the right direction. But the other twenty six carries going for one hundred and thirteen yards is really not that bad, all things no, considered. About so, yeah, short of four point three a carry. Yeah. So we good here. They're just a whole bag of ass. To make yourself feel better about the Virginia Tech Hokies, you could go shop at Home Field. Home Field <laughs> Apparel. They've got 150 plus schools on their website. Including the Hokies. Um, you, use code GOACC at checkout for 15% off your first order. Um, I'm not wearing my Home Field right now because it is dirty, but if you go check out the Home Field site, they released a game package for Florida State Clemson today. They release game packages every week this season. So go check out Home Field Apparel. The link is in, is in the description on YouTube and on audio. Uh, just click the link. Uh, help us out. Use code GOACC at checkout. 50% off your first order. Bang. Every school in the ACC. If, if you're you're trying except to support Stanford. your team. Except, except Stanford. Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Noted ACC program, Stanford, um, who will also have full voting rights, I guess. Um, since that's a point of discussion at this point. Uh, yeah, everyone in the ACC. Go uh, other than Stanford. Go find stuff on homefieldapparel.com. 
Uh, lots of super cool vintage designs and uh, really, really soft T-shirts. Um, highly recommended. Go find them there. Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Please do. Where are we going, Mike? Oh. Your jackets made me some money. They did. Is this repeat is this repeatable? They looked like an entirely different football team tonight. I tweeted this out. I think it was like early in the fourth quarter. Uh, 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 Georgia Tech 30, Wake Forest 16. <laughs> this was like such a like a bizarro world game in so many different ways. I tweeted out this this Georgia Tech team was like the opposite of the team that they have been through three weeks coming into this week. We, like we said, they're going to move the ball on offense. They're going to do well at that. Um, looking at their defense has sucked. They haven't created like any turnovers basically other than the uh, South Carolina State game. They haven't been able to rush the quarterback like at all. Like this has been like it's been the same team basically against uh, Louisville and Ole Miss. Yeah. And then tonight we're struggling to move the ball. We sacked Mitch Griffiths eight times. We created a bunch of tur- like five turnovers in the game. Uh, the least penalized team in the country. They came in with five penalties through three games. They were penalized like fourteen times for like hundred and thirty yards or something. Which, when something like that happens, like a like super super non penalized team gets penalized fourteen times for like hundred and thirty yards. You st- you know, there's like an alarm bell that goes off of. Does that make sense? But anyways, yeah. Um, just yeah, just a really bizarre game here uh, and the way that it played out. Um, good win for Georgia Tech. Still very much like an incomplete team. Um, I thought that, you know, for again, I think they sacked Mitch Griffiths eight times. Uh, they created three interceptions. Um, I think at least four of those eight sacks were. Mitch Griffiths, get rid of the ball, dude. Like, again, the whole, like, thinking you've just got until kingdom come to throw it. Like, no, 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 no. Like, get rid of the ball. Um, Instead, he gets sacked a bunch of times. Uh, A couple interceptions that were, you know, varying levels of his fault or not. Um, Georgia Tech only created 10 points off those five turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, The fifth turnover was with five seconds left in the game so you know 10 points off four turnovers really um i think some of that speaks to georgia tech continues to struggle to finish drives um a number of drives that get into the red zone and then you know turn into a missed field goal or uh, a turnover or something like that you know it, it's it's not been the most smooth process basically for for the jackets getting into the end zone but um at the end of the day i i continue to be impressed with haynes king I thought he looked really good. Um, he looks competent, confident. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Good win for Georgia Tech is, is all I can say. Um, Wake Forest, I think th- this is a weird measuring stick game, right? Because we said that that of, of the three FBS teams that Georgia Tech has played, this is probably the the 
least intimidating one so far. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Georgia Tech was the most intimidating team that Wake Forest has played yet. Um, I felt like both fan bases spent more or less the whole game pissed off at something or other. Like the Tech fan base pissed off at the refs, pissed off at some of the some of the I don't know miscues. Uh, Dave Clawson was like on a rampage on the sideline, basically like the whole game. It seemed like, I don't know. This is, this is a kind of a weird game and it really felt like Wake Forest was about to come back and uh, tie the game and send it to overtime. And instead another interception happened and like four plays later, Georgia tech scores the uh, put away touchdown uh, late. So I don't know. Good win for the jackets. Uh, super weird game. I think Wake should just run the football more. I know they're used to throwing it a ton, but I think your theory of Mitch Griffiths being a jag is pretty correct. Mm -hmm. uh, he kind of exemplified that against a Georgia Tech defense that I still think is pretty bad. Like Justice mm -hmm. Ellison averaged almost eight yards per carry tonight, and they just kind of went away from that. And I get like game script contributes to that. Georgia Tech jumps out to a lead. You feel like you have to throw the ball more. But like at some point, you just have to stop throwing the football with your quarterback who continuously turns it over. Like this is just hand the ball off to your really good running back that Georgia Tech can't stop. And Wake Forest just refused to do it. Um, I don't Mitch know, Griffiths man. had a 27-yard carry in this game. And the other 19 carries resulted in 16 yards. Now that includes the eight sacks, but it's, yeah, you know. Yeah, a lot of running the ball, like running the ball with Justice Ellison worked really well, and they only did it 18 times. Yeah, and like, come on, man. Not sure they, why. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging 7.6 a carry, and you just, I, I think you're going to be looking back at the tape, and you're going to be like, man, why didn't we give him the ball more? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm which I thought is how Ohio State was going to look at the Marvin Harrison situation tonight, yep. potentially, but ended up working out fine. Yeah. And Dennis, Georgia Tech has graduated out of the bottom of the conference, still need to learn how to win, but are in that middle tier. I, I can, I completely agree with the need to learn how to win comment. Um, that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. spot on. Like, absolutely they do. How are we feeling about that last part? Because, like, Maybe we have, maybe we revisit this in a couple of weeks, right? Like, are we sure? I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I do go back to like, I, I remember, I think the very first team preview that we did in the preseason was with Connor O'Neill. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of remember him talking through the wake schedule and mentioning the Georgia Tech game. Mm -hmm. And, and the tone was very like dismissive. It was like, well, that's like a walkthrough, you know, whatever. I was like, is it? Yeah. Because, you know, the way you've talked about this Wake team, like, there's some questions there. And I, I'm, I've i been pretty adamant. Like, I think Tech might be better than some people think they're going to be. Like, yeah. you know, I don't think they're going to win the ACC or anything close. Like, they might threaten to make a bowl game. And, you know, those wins got to come from somewhere. So, yeah, um, there's that. Yeah, I mean, I don't the, know. Toughest game, the toughest game on Georgia Tech schedules next week. I cannot wait to preview it man our falcons got smoked today uh, i have yeah. to assume it was a look ahead spot <laughs> that's what leffler's telling the media you know I don't. <laughs> um one thing i do want to call out by the way that has been a a definitive pattern now that we have seen in three games uh, against fbs competition i'll throw the south carolina state game out 
Um, in three games, Georgia Tech has looked definitively better in the first half of games than in the second half. They come out of halftime, and I don't know if they're not making adjustments or if they're making bad adjustments or if they don't know what the other team's going to do and they can't kind of predict the adjustments or, or what it is. But, you know, there have been three games now that they have looked worse coming out of halftime than they looked going into it. And yeah. that's a data point from a coaching standpoint that we need to keep an eye on. And might be useful for some live in-game betting if you're, uh, you know, if that's the way your brain works. Yeah, I'll just, well, with the exception of this coming weekend against Bowling Green, I think I might just start betting against George Tech in the third quarter, sounds like. I would recommend doing that. Because yeah. um, so far, yeah, they have, uh, I, I would have to go look at the uh, the actual scoring numbers, but right, yeah, it's course. nothing great. Yeah. I don't know. Weird game. I bet Georgia Tech money line. I mentioned on the preview that uh, we both picked Wake on the preview, but we did throw out there that we did mention that Georgia Tech money line could be worth a look. I went mm -hmm. ahead and just fired on that once a money. So, yep. Shout out to the Jackets, baby. Um, this game also, by the way, I I had this in a uh, a teaser with the total going over. And I think we when we picked this game, I think it was at like 60. And I think the number I got that I teased was like 58 and a half. And it still didn't go over that number. Yeah. Man, these teams have got to work on the red zone offense situation because they both had a miserable time trying to punch it in when they got down near the goal line. I mean, Wake Forest only scoring 16 points against a bad Georgia Tech defense is not something I had on my bingo card this evening. I was mm -hmm. very pleasantly surprised by how Georgia Tech's defense played in this football game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Three points in the first half for Wake. Um, yeah. Not not great. No. But Wake, I mean, Wake made a lot of pretty, honestly, pretty bad mistakes here. I mean, there was... Yeah. There was a, a pass, and by the way, this is this is scored an interception, I think, for Mitch Griffiths, but like pass was on target, on time, was caught by the receiver, but I guess never quite secured. And like he like he he pulled it in with his, you know, into his gut and then like sort of juggled it after that and like tossed it up in the air like a pizza. Yeah. And I, I think it was Jalen King that came down with it for Georgia Tech. It was like how did that like what that felt like a go ACC moment of the week candidate of like, yeah, just, this is a, a 15 yard pass for a first down that all of a sudden turns into an interception. Like, yeah. I, how? But right. Anyways, just yeah. Again, strange game. Yeah. Very weird. Good win for uh, the Jackets. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. By the way. Yeah. As you mentioned, you know, Bowling Green next week that, you know, God love our Falcons. That had damn well better be a win for Georgia Tech um, at home. Bowling Green has not looked good at all. All they're year. bad they're bad uh they got a game in a few weeks against boston college they got a game at virginia like georgia tech looking to be three and two after next week needing three more wins to get to a bowl game it's on the table it's on the table we'll see if they can continue to improve uh, and get a couple of those wins yeah um they're at least a couple winnable ones. They're going to have to steal one somewhere, I think. Mm -hmm. They're going to yep. have, well, you talk about Georgia Tech graduating from the bottom tier to the middle tier. You only do that if you beat Boston College, 
and UVA. Mm-hmm. If you do that, Virginia Tech's not on the schedule. Boston College yep. and UVA. You do that, you're out of the bottom tier because then you're going to have a real opportunity to go to a bowl game. So you have to win both. If if Georgia Tech loses one of those two games, they are not going to a bowl game. Look at the schedule. They would mm-hmm. have to steal one against Miami. They, they'd really have to win two at that point, right? They'd have to beat Miami and North Carolina. Um, I mean, Georgia hasn't really been all that impressive, but they're not beating Georgia, right? I don't think. Not until <laughs> so, I see it. Not until I not see it. it. So, you know. They're definitely not being Clemson as a well oiled machine there. And Clemson, right. Clemson, yeah. of course, too. Uh, so, I mean, they, they would almost have to steal two at that point. It's on mm-hmm. the table. You got to beat Bowling Green, and you got to you got to sweep BC and UVA, and give yourself a shot. Yeah. Uh, if and not, you got to pull a couple upsets. There, there's that game the weekend before Thanksgiving against Syracuse. That. Yeah. Again, not trying to get in the way of that freight train, but uh, they also only scored three points in the first half this week. So why don't we go there next? And do that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Georgia Tech 30, Wake Forest 16. Before we do that, Mike, by the way, this recap was brought to you by Section103.com, the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They have T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, something for men, women, children, something for the whole family. They've got some jerseys uh, supporting the players you know, with NIL such. They've got uh, Zach Pyron, uh, Dante Smith, and Haynes King, of course, the uh, our, our, you know, our Lord and Savior, Haynes King, uh, leading the Jackets to victory tonight. Uh, so if you want to support them, support the podcast, support the, the site, go to section103.com, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, I love mine. I've got my uh, Georgia, like Atlanta football logo. It's a performance shirt. It, it's really comfortable, keeping me cool. That was a really hot day here in Houston. And uh, so I was wearing this to help keep me cool and support my team on uh, on game day. So in any case, if you're looking to support Georgia Tech, if you have Georgia Tech fans in your life that need a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, a three-quarter baseball shirt, you know all sorts of good things, send them to section103.com and use promo code GOACC for 10% off of your first order. Uh, big shout-out to Steven and the gang for their support. We have really enjoyed working with them and excited to continue working with them through the rest of this season. Mike, you called out Syracuse. Let's do it. Uh, Syracuse 29, Army 16, um, a game that sounds like it was a comfortable win for Syracuse. Not quite. Uh, this was seven, uh, sorry, 10 to three at halftime for Army. Um, and if my math is correct, I believe Army held the ball for like 23 minutes of the first half. Syracuse, I think, only ran like 17 offensive plays in the first half, like full-on just sit on the ball situation for army uh syracuse comes out from halftime and uh get some points on the board and ends up putting this thing away but it was a pretty sleepy early first half performance for the orange here good teams win somewhat okay teams push <laughs> thank you syracuse mm-hmm. for letting me cash my parlay did we uh, did we pick this at 13 and a half? We did. Damn it. We Syracuse. did, and you guys lost because of that. Damn That's it. Stinks. But nothing will be worse than me betting the under on Purdue, Wisconsin on Friday night. If you know, you know. Okay. Uh, Syracuse Gross. had to score 20. The most disgusting of beats. We're, we're running Philly special up three touchdowns with three minutes left. Because 
the card somebody, says go for two. <laughs> because the card says go for two because Mike McDaniel in Spotsylvania, Virginia is holding an under 54 and a half ticket. So we gotta we gotta go for two, says Luke Fickle. <laughs> because God doesn't love Mike McDaniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Syracuse almost covered here. They actually had this covered until Army uh, scored a touchdown with, I think, like less than a minute left. They got, they got a yeah. So they got a stop on Syracuse. Um, Syracuse punts with like a, a minute and a half left, something like that. Army has the ball on their own twenty yard line, and noted explosive offense, Army. One play, eighty yards to the house. <laughs> and sure. that now I'm sad. I didn't even know that. I'm no mm-hmm. upset now. And the hell, that, they went for two and is, didn't get it. Yeah. That is why your bet pushed, Scott. <laughs> I was happier knowing it pushed <laughs> rather than know it that way. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even not, sure Army was going to get the ball back, and then they did. And one play <laughs> later, we got a push. Noted explosive play, Army screwing up their SP plus. Uh, we taking anything from are, Syracuse in this game? Not really. I they they started poorly and then scored like basically the equivalent of four touchdowns. I know that's not exactly how it went, but they scored twenty six unanswered points here. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like it's fine. They got away without running Garrett Schrader too much in this game. Uh, ten rushing attempts, including two sacks. So. That's that's the thing that I'm I'm wanting to monitor is especially when I mean, the game plan last week against Purdue they Schrader had 26 rushing attempts or something like that like and we say this about like quarterbacks in particular like are you you know you can't you can't uh, let him take too many hits like that kind of thing but at some point is he just like a running back who can throw like you know it, there's nothing objectively wrong with him uh, running the ball 15 20 times a game I, I guess I don't know. That Syracuse Army time of possession difference in the first half was something. Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something. There's a reason why Syracuse only scored three first half points. It wasn't just poor offensive execution. It was the fact that Army just decided they were going to keep the ball away from noted, noted explosive offense Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> which Army I mean, had in, two drives the first half of more than nine minutes. Which I mean, look in in Army's defense, Syracuse scored twenty six unanswered in the second half. So maybe it was the right decision to keep it out of Syracuse's hands, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the classic uh, Service Academy game plan, right? Is shorten the game, limit the possessions, and uh, come what may. With a uh, spread passing attack, which is what Army's trying to do now. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, this is not kind the option offense. This is not the option offense of old. They threw 21 passes in this game. Army did. So, so the, the last time that Army was running like a fairly conventional college football offense, they were horrifically bad. Like, yeah. this is the better part of 20 years ago now, I think. Um, this is like I think Paul Johnson was still at Navy before Army switched over to running the option, and before they did running like a pro style offense, they looked they they were horrible. Yeah, like one and eleven, zero and twelve every year level horrible. So, yeah. In any case, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, this is fine. Um, Syracuse, uh, yeah, 
let's just ignore this for Syracuse, and uh, we'll see what happens next week. So Syracuse won their first six games last year, remember? Yeah. Or they won their first they they start they started I think the joke was they started five and zero oh and we were making jokes that they might not make a ball game I think that was like the joke and then they won the sixth game we're like okay now they might not win a game the rest of the way and then they went one and five down the stretch and then they saying. went like one and five down the stretch and did slightly better than we said this Syracuse team's four and zero oh now mm-hmm. I'm feeling better about this Syracuse team I think than last year and the only thing that changed is that their running back room got worse really. Mm-hmm. And change and change coordinators. We had two coordinators that got changed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're they're staying healthy so far, right? And they um, this this is the 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 funny thing is that they're about to go into this like death trap section of their schedule of Clemson at North Carolina at Florida State. Yeah. That's what we talked to Emily Liker about in the preseason was like, there's really this one three game stretch in kind of the very end of September into early October that you might go. zero and three, but you just need to stay healthy. And after yeah. that at Virginia tech, Boston college, Pittsburgh at Georgia tech, wake forest, like Syracuse could easily be like an eight win team at the very least with the way things are looking right now and what they've got left. It just, you just got to stay healthy don't lose the war these next three weeks against the three best teams on your schedule that you're going to play all in a row. Yeah. For what it's worth, um, during the preview, you guys predicted Syracuse to go six and six, both of you and Emily predicted them to go seven and six. So I guess win their bowl game. So that mm-hmm. makes sense from what you're saying. Yeah. But do you think they're going to go two and what? Six rest of the way. No. If I had to update that, I'd probably either go seven and five, eight and four. Yeah, me too. Okay. Me too. At least I'm not sure Syracuse. I, like I'm not. I'm not really all that positive. Syracuse is that good. I just think that Garrett Schrader's pretty good, and pretty good for like what they do with him. So it's totally fair to like much be wait nervous see. about getting over the skis here with Syracuse 4-0 looking great with wins against Colgate, Western Michigan, at Purdue, and Army. Like, who's the best team they've beaten so far? I guess Purdue? Yeah, probably Purdue. I mean, those are probably the four, at least three of the four worst teams on their schedule other than Virginia Tech. And Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. It could go. It could go a couple ways from here, but um, I mean, for now they look good. And yeah, I mean, I could. Yeah. I think at this point, if 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 I had known in the preseason they're going four zero in the out of conference, I would have probably upgraded them to seven and five. I would say that for sure. And we'll yeah, see how they sense. can stay healthy, and you know the depth isn't tested, but we'll see. That that makes sense. Yeah. Good here, Mike. I'm good. Syracuse 29, Army 16. Let's uh, talk about, well, yes. What? No, I was going to say, we're, we're running out of games that were close here. I was going to uh, say, this is kind of the last one. I mean, this, this was a 17-point spread, but it was closer than it needed to be in the first half. Uh, North Carolina 41, Pitt 24. Mm-hmm. This was a slow start for the Tar Heels. Pittsburgh was mm-hmm. kind of ugling it up early on, and then Carolina got some separation. And that's basically what went down here. I 
I think Carolina's good. I think Pitt is bad. That my overall takeaway, like walking away from this game, is pretty much my opinion of both teams hasn't really changed. I guess let's put it that way. Yeah. Wacky, wacky game too. I mean, I think there were multiple special teams touchdowns here. Left-handed um, touchdown pass. Yeah, Drake May threw a touchdown pass with his left hand, which at some point you're just showing off, Drake. Come on, like be cool. Um, yeah, Pitt got out to a lead here, and it was. You know, this is one of those things where you like scoreboard watching, and you kind of turn your head sideways. You're like, what? What are we doing here? Um, but North Carolina goes on a run there before halftime. Scores an offensive touchdown, forces a punt, runs back a punt for a touchdown, uh, gets the ball back one more time, scores another touchdown, and it goes from basically uh, 14-7 Pitt to 28-17 North Carolina at halftime. Yeah. Um, and at that point, Pitt kind of struggled to really make it any closer. Um, Phil Dracovic did go out of this game. I think it was in the middle of Pitt's last drive before halftime. There was a, a play where... A North Carolina defender came in. I, I think it was still behind the line of scrimmage, but in any case, made a hit on Dracovic. It was reviewed for targeting and it was upheld. So I and, and he went out of the game, and I don't think we saw him again after that. Um, this was just a Christian Vilu. They, I was gonna say Veyu. Veyu is yeah. something that it's a definitely like French ass sounded name. Uh, but anyways, he yeah he comes in he plays the rest of the game, uh, number eleven for Pittsburgh. And um, if you thought Phil Dracovic was not very good at throwing the football, <laughs> buddy, Phil Dracovic might be the best thing that Pitt has going throwing the football, and that is not a good sign because uh, Christian Vieu uh, <laughs> uh, might might have been plucked out of the first row of the stands from what it looked like. It, it was not a good situation. Is there a uh, chance that Christian Vieu might be British? I, anything's possible. Queen Elizabeth II Memorial, you died award. <laughs> Most Christian Bayou, 7 of 18 for 85 yards and two picks when Phil Dracovic left the game. So it, we're Mike. giving out an award there. Uh, that that was like an alley-oop. That, that was one of those you throw off the backboard to yourself and then <laughs> you dunk it home. LeBron's done that a few times in his career. It was one of those. Mm-hmm. God love him. Uh, the goat. Something, yeah. That's let's stir that pot. Uh, <laughs> Not that kind of podcast. Stir the pot, baby. Uh, yeah, it is I, basketball conference. It is very true. Tough but fair. Very true. He is Canadian. There you that go. is a bummer. <laughs> well, in that case, well, that's what happens. He's trying to play by Canadian rules. Like, it. in that it's case, only good, it's only good in lacrosse. <laughs> and, in that case, Parliament is ashamed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the Queen. The Queen. Oh. Long live the Queen. Um, I man, like <laughs> Pitt, what are we doing here? Bad. Yeah, I mean they're, they, they're, bad. they're pretty bad. Uh, Pitt might miss a ball game. What's funny is like looking at the at Dracovic's line passing, it's it actually doesn't look that bad. Like eleven for fifteen for hundred and nine yards. It's not very efficient, but like completing more than two thirds of your passes, like that's not that's really not bad. That's much better mm-hmm. than what we've seen from him the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And yet there was like a little cynical part of me that wondered after this targeting penalty, you know, 
did did he go out because there were definite like concerns about a concussion or was it was it a little bit of like a uh, here's our out situation of uh I I think it was just a way to it's like okay our quarterback's a little hurt. Hey fan base, I know you're clamoring for somebody other than Dracovic. This is what you're going to get. If Phil Dracovic's mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah. So Pitts Pitts down bad at quarterback. I think Pitts going four and eight after September. That's my thought. I th- or after like the first four games of September, I guess. I think they're going four and eight. I sure as hell am not going to raise my hand and tell you you're wrong on that. Um, I mean, I, I look at this and yeah, I mean they've got seven more ACC games left and a road trip to Notre Dame. Like, mm-hmm. it would be, and I think we said this on the preview. And if not, it, at the very least in the text thread, I think Scott texted us saying, like, hey, by the way, Pitt's up 14-7 to 7 on North Carolina in the second quarter. And it was basically just like, we knew it. Like, knew it. We knew it. Of course, Pitt is going to pick, like, the most random time to go supernova and beat somebody they're not supposed to. Um, the spread was suspicious, like, the whole thing. It was just, you know. And this, was, this did end up being kind of a wacky game in a yeah. couple different ways. But I don't, I don't know how much actual magic might be there for Pitt. Right. Um, so I, I'm kind of with you. Of they're one and three through four games. I don't know that they're winning five games the rest of the year and making a bowl game. Like, I, I think Pitt. Yeah, five and seven, four and eight is probably where they're going to end up here. Five and seven would be incredible. Looking at the schedule, they got Syracuse. They got Notre Dame. I there's some annoying teams they got to play still, mm-hmm. and I only see a couple of teams they will probably be favored against on there. I mean, they still got Louisville. I don't know, man. They'll be favored against Virginia Tech. They'll be favored against Boston College, probably. But that's mm-hmm. about it. Like, are they going to be favored against anybody else the rest of the season? I'm not sure that the answer is yes. So something has to change on that know. offense. Otherwise, yeah, no. I mean. You can't project them to score a whole lot more than 17-ish points on offense every week. Now, when you get a kickoff return for a touchdown this week, I mean, obviously that helps, but offense didn't do that. No. No. So, they're uh, pits down bad. Pitt's going to miss a bowl game, I think. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way, too. Anything I else think here? we have three more. No, I think we have three more. And they were all various levels of blowout. But the one I want to talk about is Louisville 56, Boston College 28. Uh, you want to talk about Louisville going over of what the total by here, themselves? I, yeah, speak, yeah, speaking of what are we doing here, Boston College, it's time to have a dialogue. What are we doing mm-hmm. here? This was not ideal from Boston College. When's Certainly not. Fired? Ends getting fired. End of the year. It, it kind of I feels think. like it's heading that way, right? Like, yeah. Louisville hit. I know you just said this. They hit the total themselves. The total was fifty-four. Louisville scored forty-two points by halftime. Right. And and the worst part of this, they could have just took a nap on the field, and they still would have won the game. Boston the College half. gets the ball. Down thirty-five to seven, with about three minutes left till halftime, and they go eight plays, seventy-five yards, and they score a touchdown. 
with about 33 seconds left until halftime. So it's 35-14. All right, good. We're going to the locker room. We've got some momentum. We've scored touchdowns on our last two offensive possessions. We just got to figure out a way to stop Louisville. Oh, look, Louisville scored again before halftime. Louisville gets the ball back with 33 seconds left. It's a touchback. First play from the 25, Jawar Jordan, 42 yards on the ground, all the way into field goal territory. Timeout, Louisville. Next play, Louisville penalty, holding. Next play, Jack Plummer, 42 yards to the house to Jamari Thrash. Louisville ran two plays that counted and scored and, and ran up 75 yards of offense. Like, seriously? We can't do any better than this, Boston College. Like, I mean, 30 I seconds. One, I, I for one, am not going to be duped into thinking Jack Plummer's good. But it took me some people, than 30 seconds to describe that. Like, but some people would look at this game and say, wow, Jack Plummer, he's a pretty good quarterback because he went 18 of 21 for 388 and five touchdowns. I will not be duped into thinking Jack Plummer is a good quarterback. He mm-hmm. was good today, though, because Boston College is awful. And Plummer had a really good day. I'm not trying to take anything away. I've just it's more of just it's time to dunk on Boston College. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Louisville first half drive chart. Are you are you ready? Okay, this is this is disgusting. Yes, please. <clears throat> I believe it goes touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yep. Are there any more touchdowns? Uh, in the second half, there were. Yes. Yeah, there were multiple. Um, but yeah, that was a six for six. Louisville possessions ending in touchdowns. So uh, noted defensive oriented head coach Jeff Halfley. Um, how, how did the defense go in that first half? Because it uh, doesn't look like the results were really what you were looking for here. Do, do they win next week against UVA? Who? Boston College. Uh, is it Louisville? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Boston College? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's their kind next, of a team of like deficient, their, deficient teams. Deficient next, teams with like somebody flawed but like kind of exciting quarterbacks. Their next four games, UVA, Army, Georgia Tech, UConn. Oh, and then, okay, we'll say next five games, Syracuse. So I think that's a – I think UVA could beat them. I think Army could beat them. Georgia Tech they will definitely beat them. UConn, nah, they suck. And Syracuse could definitely beat them. So you're thinking – When's he fi- When's he fired? So you're thinking Boston College is going to be like – what is that, like – Two and seven. Yep, going into November. Two and seven. Yeah, that's that's not good. The real opportunity is the bye week, which would be in a couple weeks. They play Virginia at home and then at Army, and then you got a bye week before you go to Georgia Tech. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do it mid season, the bye week is what makes sense. I just don't know that Boston College has the urgency to fire a guy mid-season like that like if they lose the next two games they i think they will it's a valid take nothing would surprise me nowadays because you got to get into the transfer portal you got to try to get ahead in terms of your recruiting classes and stuff like that but like boston college is probably just going to hire the holy cross coach right is that kind (laughs) of i mean the, the holy cross coach almost beat them 
What's his name? Halfley's a bad. What it what it boils down to is Halfley is not a. Obviously, not a good fit because he's going to get fired. But like from a regionality standpoint, you had no ties really to Chestnut Hill. This is a weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was kind of a weird fit. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, I was skeptical when he was hired, mostly because it was like, well, he was the defensive coordinator for Ohio State, and they were a really good defense this year. And, mm -hmm. like, they got way better than the year before. And it's like, so he stepped in and took, like, one of the most talented defenses in the country and made him functional. Like, does that, does that make him a good coach? Or, I don't know, like, I wasn't fully sold on the idea to begin with. And then they were really pretty good in 2020 it was like oh they're onto something here and it's been a slow downhill t trajectory since then so i'm yeah, personally i'm personally just excited for the return of steve adazio a la graciano mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's fair that's that would be uh, something i think louisville's going nine and three by the way yeah, probably. Uh, they're probably going to lose at home to Notre Dame. I'll probably pick Duke to beat them at home, but that is at home. And I'll probably pick them to lose at Miami based on what we know there. Yeah. But I will be picking Louisville to go on the road and win in Raleigh on Friday. Uh, they will win in Pittsburgh a couple weeks later. They will beat Virginia Tech and Virginia and Kentucky all at home. So I think Louisville's going nine and three at this point. Seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Flawed team, but that schedule is very forgiving. So bag of ass. I was gonna say it probably got worse when we realized that Duke is actually like legit good. So Duke forty one, UConn seven, by the way. Uh yeah, Duke just and, like, uh, walked dueling. up and smoked UConn. Yeah, dueling scores. Miami 41, Temple 7. I didn't watch a lick of either one of these. Nope. Nope. I, I no. checked the score when they were like both mid-second quarter, and it's like, oh, yeah, both of them taking care of business. No no further questions. We're good. Yeah. So, you guys let you us can. know if we missed anything pertinent from those games. But Oh, Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke, 11 touchdown passes now. He had 10 all last season. So I say that's an improvement. Four games all took. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good good performances here from Miami and from Duke. Um, I mean, Duke up 27 to nothing at halftime. I mean, that's pretty dominant. Uh, we, we, we knew that yeah. UConn, we mentioned this on the preview, that UConn would just like did not have it on offense, um, losing their quarterback. Uh, I think a week or so ago after he had, he had played against uh, North, uh, sorry, he had played against NC state earlier in the year. And uh, yeah, he went out and this, this UConn offense is not the same at all. Not that it was particularly good before, but whatever was good about it, it's not now. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Duke 41, UConn seven, Miami, uh, 41 to seven over temple. So, uh, yeah, no further questions there. All good. Good job guys. Too easy. That's wins. it. Yeah, that is it. Do we need to talk about, uh, Bowling Green getting 
absolutely rolled by Ohio today. I should have bet it. Ohio's a wagon. Yeah, I should have bet it. And, and we called this on the preview, by the way. Uh, I don't think Ohio's a wagon one. as much as Bowling Green is a derailed wagon or a de-wheeled wagon. I think it's both. I think it's Ofa. Ohio Ofa. is a wagon. And I think it's also Bowling Green. Like, we were in, like, full-scale fade Bowling Green season here, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Falcons, our Falcons, our beloved Falcons might be horrendous. Yeah, I think so. they're. I have a feeling they're not going to be favored against Georgia Tech. Just you know, I, I would say stranger things have happened, but I'm not sure they have. So yeah, yeah, just Dodge. Yep, yep. Uh, what else before we work on getting out of here? We got to give some awards. Yeah, I, I'm going to institute a new one. Uh oh! Oh no! Uh, we owe you an apology award. <laughs> okay. I'd like to issue mine to Justin Fuente. <laughs> okay. You have my attention. You know, <clears throat> there's a non-zero chance so he's, there's a non-zero chance he's not the worst coach that Virginia Tech's ever had. Wow, that's high praise. Says a lot about Brett Pry and his staff, I'll tell you that. Hmm. You know, Mike less than fired up about the Hokies right now. Pretty. What's the uh pretty cool, pretty damn cool, you know. Uh <laughs> the Steve Ballmer clapping his hands. <laughs> That's my thought about like Brent Pry, like recruiting the state of Virginia and then subsequently just not beating anybody they play. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Helping us or hurting us? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to help us or are you going to hurt us? Buddy, you're doing plenty of the hurting yourself. All right. On a, a completely unrelated note, um, I, I do want to point out that I believe that the best recruiting class that Jeff Collins had after was after his first season at Georgia mm -hmm. tech and the recruiting classes slowly degraded from there. I don't know why I felt compelled to bring this up at this moment, That's but an interesting, just, you know what? Totally unrelated. That's right. Was, yeah. Just, it, weird. it just came to me. I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> a very, a very odd thought to have that was not related whatsoever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hmm. Um, I texted you guys. I felt like the go ACC moment of the week, by the way, happened in the uh, Pitt North Carolina game, and I felt like it was it was early in the fourth quarter, and North Carolina had a situation where they were backed up on their own in the field at fourth and ten at their own twenty two yard line. So it's you know like a touchback situation, but they're gonna punt. They're up. They're up 41-24. Snap the ball. Punter's going to do a little bit of a rugby-style kick. Runs over. Swings his leg. Kicks it. Punt is blocked. Yes. Now, Mike, when you picture a punt being blocked, how does a, how does a punt get blocked? Guy reaches his hands up in the air. 
that's correct. You know, gets, and, gets a finger on it, maybe even like knocks it down, something like that. Right. Obviously blocks punt. Nope. Nope, not this one. Uh, this one, the punt went straight into a pit player's helmet. Uh, just full on off the noggin, uh, blocked. So. Uh, just like ankle biters used to make, Joey. That's right. That's right. So, Pitt recovers. You know, they're, they're going to get the ball. They've got the ball. They're down 17 points early in the fourth quarter, and they have just blocked a punt by happenstance, and they now have the ball in the red zone, basically. First play, Christian View, run for three yards, fumbles recovered by uh, UNC. And it was it, I, it was just like a total, like, drop the ball situation. Yeah. First play. Go ACC to that. So we're punting it into people's heads and then fumbling as a resulting, uh, you know, to give up the resulting field position. So good on both North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Go ACC to that. And like you said, Christian Veyu <laughs> had a drop the Italian fingers. What is what is the nationality of this man? Is he I don't English, know. We, Italian? We, we, Canadian. Uh, he French. had a he had a drop his balls moment, as you mentioned. <laughs> as one does, as yes. one does. Uh, Been there. Do we have? Do we have contrary a Brian Bingo? Ba- <laughs> What's that? Contrary to baby face. Been there. <laughs> uh, a Brian Van Gorder Memorial U tried award. Yeah, it goes to UVA trying to block <laughs> the game winning field goal by <laughs> NC State and getting called for a 15 yard penalty for leaping over the center. Personal foul leaping. NC State got 15 yards off of that and subsequently kicked the game winning field goal. So go see that, or I guess go it Brian was, Van Gorder to that. It was, it was so close. You just barely completely blatantly illegal like just so beautiful <laughs> so beautiful not to be undone by the way by uva's late touchdown uh and then anthony calandria taking his helmet off <laughs> and leading to a 15 yard penalty on the ensuing kickoff to uh put nc state in good field position in the first place to even drive down to win that game just a comedy of errors by uva at the end of that football game that doesn't, include, like... that doesn't include the 15-yard penalty after they score the touchdown to make the two-point conversion happen from the 17-yard line. That's correct. Forgot line. about that as well. Thank so... you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Forgot goodness. about that as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. That was a valuable addition to the conversation. Multiple, multiple boneheaded moments down the stretch of that football game. Anthony Calandria looked like he was ready for someone to throw him a couple beers so he could crack him Stone Cold Steve Austin style. Like, just like ultimate fired up, you know, peak levels. Just ridiculous. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love this conference. It's just so dumb. The The Friday night games especially are always stupid. So just ridiculous. So dumb. I mean, it's the second week in a row. We've had a really, really dumb Friday night game. So Mm -hmm. next week, get jacked up for Louisville at NC State, baby. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot about NC State in particular, I think, in that Mm -hmm. matchup. Could we bright volume shooter of the week? Do we have one? Uh, Wake Forest running back, Damon Claiborne, 13 carries for 42 yards is, uh, That'll work. Oh, gross. I would say Mitch Griffiths, 20 carries for 43 yards, but uh, that includes eight sacks. So it's a little bit skewed. 
Mitch Griffiths' passing stats were so ass, too. 16 of 30 for 162 yards. Yeah, that's 5.4 per attempt. And, uh, yeah, that's not not ideal. My not wife's ideal. calling my cell phone. Please hold. Ruh row. You're in trouble. Um, yeah, I don't know. We can we will accept any uh, other answers that are offered here. Um, I somehow pulled up the Louisville Boston College box score as if a uh, 56 to 28 game is going to have a single Kobe Bryant Memorial Volume Shooter of the Week award candidate, which might no way. My kid just peed through his pajamas and he's now oh, awake boy. screaming. So I will see you guys on the preview. <laughs> Perfect way to wrap up week four. Yes. Come find us. On he's, Twitter. Not, he's not the only one. Uh, let, let's just let me just sneak this in before I go get the sleep sack and, you know, get him situated. Uh, he is not the only one who pissed through his stuff in week four. Thank you. Pissed down his leg. All right. Bye, Mike. See you Tuesday. I think that's our cue, Scott. We should probably uh, get out of here. That's fine. We'll end this podcast the way we started it with without Mike here. <laughs> Just fine. Uh, all right. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FGS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Uh, together at BC Podcast ACC. Go find producer Scott at Severus Snipes on Twitter. Um, Severus underscore Snipes for what that's worth. If you want to go find uh, all of Scott's tweets, go do that. <laughs> all of my tweets are just liking or retweeting the podcast tweets now. So there you go. The second channel for finding the, uh, the podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, all the good places you find your podcast. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, like subscribe, find all the podcasts there. Definitely subscribe. Hit mm-hmm. the zip Please subscribe do. button. Hit the bell button. Uh, if you're listening to this later and you're, uh, you're wondering how we get the, all these con- uh, comments in the stream, uh, those are Saturday night live. Uh, so come find us there. I don't know if we'll be able to do this next week uh, for what it's worth. I, I think I'll be out of town. But um, most Saturdays this fall, I think the, the goal is to do this Saturday Night Live situation, Saturday Night Fever. So come join us here. Um, Scott, anything else I'm forgetting? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate review. Find all of the podcasts that are live streamed there. Um email at us, podcast like acc on instagram correct instagram mm-hmm. pc podcast acc uh subscribe on youtube uh trying to get to 250 also if you're still listening thank you and we might have some new branding coming out that should be fun so if anyone cares about podcast logos mm-hmm. look for ours to maybe be updated soon yep yep there's no better time to update your podcast logo than like week eight of the season. So uh, whoa, keep whoa, an eye whoa. out for that. Week week four, five. Five, four. Podcast, or not podcast, conference play starting. So it's aligning. That's true. That's true. Getting smaller slates every week as we uh, start. Yeah, only play, six so. six games next week, five conference games, and then Georgia Tech first Bowling Green. So. God, I'm going to have to come up with like multiple locks on a six game slate that'll be an adventure show up to find out what to uh what's fade we'll say that tune in thursday or friday folks we'll be back we'll be back on that note for mr mike mcdaniel mr producer scott i am joey weaver we will talk to you again very very soon we preview week five in the acca another really good week so keep tuned here 
Until then, go ACC.